Good morning. Uh, I don't know if you have noticed uh, in kind of fantasy films and, and I suppose uh, literature, which often the films are, are based on, there's often a build-up throughout the, the narrative to uh, finding the most powerful thing in the universe. And, and that thing generally tends to be some kind of inanimate object. Uh, and often it's perceived to have been missing for generations or maybe just people think oh it's not even real it's just a myth but then they find out oh it is real and um, and they suddenly find it and and generally the plot is often built around preventing the baddie from getting hold of that most powerful thing um, so <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense the Infinity Stones in uh, the Marvel films and Thanos has to get it on his gauntlet or I think this one is accurate. The, the Horcruxes in, in, in Harry Potter, even the, the kind of the Philosopher's Stone to some extent or the One Ring to bind them and, and to rule them all. And the story is about don't let the baddie get hold of that ultimate biggest power in the universe. Well, this morning I am talking about prayer. Uh, and we're, we're in our series on values at Grace Church. What are the things that are our core values as a church? And prayer is extraordinarily, at one at the same time, profoundly powerful and also profoundly personal, relational. So it is more powerful than we tend to grasp. So in that sense, it's a bit like the Infinity Stones in Thanos' gauntlet, apart from the fact that prayer is real um, and not fantasy. And yet, prayer is not a stone. It is a personal and kind of relational thing, kind of akin to meeting up with one of your best friends for a coffee. Not like um, an interview in a coffee shop. You've seen that? Like, I, it's quite interesting to eavesdrop drop on such things, people having an interview in a coffee shop. Not that kind of relational, like a good friend. You don't go for coffee really one-on-one -on -one with someone unless you really know them pretty well or you want to get to know them even better. And Christian prayer is like that. It's deeply personal. So I'm talking about prayer this morning and as I am talking about it, I'm talking about why is it, it, it is so important to us as a church and uh, how it is profoundly powerful and at the same time remarkably profoundly personal. And straight up, if prayer is not clearly and evidently vital to us as a church, then we are missing something. We are doing something massively wrong. The Bible says a fair amount on prayer and, and also has a lot of prayers in. And one of my favorite prayers in the Bible is in Ephesians chapter one, verses 15 to 21, and we're going to look at it and see, as we look at this prayer, it kind of paint a picture for us, why is prayer so important? And how is it both powerful, like Infinity Stones, and personal, like a coffee with your best friend? Uh, Ephesians 1, verse 15, and um, it's kind of Paul, he's writing a, a letter to the church in Ephesus and he's saying his prayer for them. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you 
in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Firstly, Christian prayer is profoundly personal. We'll start there. And when I say personal, I don't mean personal as in private. It is my thing and it's nothing to do with anything, and it excludes others. I mean, we are praying to a person. It is personal. Prayer is personal because the Christian message is personal and relational. And it's, it's easy for us to think otherwise and, and think of prayer as, as essentially a thing, like a magic or, or like a powerful stone, and not at all like a relational experience. The novelist uh, Anne Lamott wrote a book called Help, Thanks, Wow, The Three Essential Prayers. Help, Thanks, Wow, The Three Essential Prayers. And it's an interesting title which you can think about. But she essentially seems to treat prayer like a magic powerful stone, nothing to do with a relationship or, or who we are praying to. So... Um, here is, here's a, a quote, a snippet from, from the book. It says, let's say prayer is a cry from within to life or love, with capital L's, so to life, to, to love. Nothing could matter less than what we call this force. Let's not get bogged down on whom or what we pray to. Let's just say prayer is communication from our hearts to the great mystery or goodness, with a capital G, to the animating energy of love we are sometimes bold enough to believe in, to something unimaginably big and not us. We could call this force, not me, or for convenience, we could say God. So for her, the prayer is nothing to do with who we are praying to, but it is just some outpouring of the heart to a force of some kind which may yield some benefit to us the biblical message on prayer is in line with the message of christianity it matters a great deal who we are praying to because prayer just like christianity itself is all about us knowing the trinitarian god more it comes out in verse 17 uh, of the passage that we read in ephesians I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, very clear who it is, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, a wonderful Trinitarian prayer, so that, here's the goal, here's why, so that you may know him better. Why do we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation? So that we might know God better. It matters who we pray to because 
a fundamental part of prayer is to get to know that person better. It's not just about you communicating to an irrelevant higher power or higher force from your heart. Imagine, imagine a friend who said this to you, who said, oh yeah, we kind of want to hang out, but do you know what? I don't care what you call me and you never have to worry about who I am and, and what I'm like. The relationship and the communication is all about you. And you'd be like, what? That's, that's not personal, that's not relational. Prayer is profoundly personal. There are two persons involved, you and God. And a huge part of it is you getting to know him better. He already knows you better than you know yourself, so he kind of doesn't need to get to know you, but, but a huge part is you getting to know him. And know him, not just theoretically, like in your head, but experientially. Often on uh, Sunday afternoons, me and, and everyone really in my family, my wife and kids, are, we're all a bit tired. And Liz and I know, in our heads at least, that you know what, it would do us good if we went out for a walk, went to Chichester Harbour somewhere and just let the kids explore and run around and, and soak up the beauty of God's creation. We know in our heads that will do us good if when maybe we actually go and think, yes, I've got the motivation to get out and do it, we don't just know it in our heads, we know it experientially. We know, oh, what this is good. It is a different level of knowing. And we can know true things about God in our minds. As we pray, we get to know him better in a, in a far deeper way. And uh, the passage as well does not say, that, that you may, that the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may be better. No, it's so that you may know him better. That is Christianity. That is the gospel. We, we don't pray to get points or to improve as a person. And we don't live, that's, that's Christianity. We don't live to get points or to be better. We pray to know God better. It is profoundly personal. As personal, in fact, as the relationship between a young child uh, learning to talk and, and their loving father to them. As deep and profound as that. Romans 8 verses 15 says that the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry Abba Father. Abba, that, that, that is what in, in, in that world, in that language, what small children would call their dad, like Papa, kind of, and you can imagine, Abba, Abba, it's, it's the word there, they're learning to talk, these children with, with a loving father, that is how Christians are invited to come to God in prayer profoundly intimate and it is easy to think it's easy for us to think that God just doesn't care about our details he's there's no way he can he can care about that um, Benjamin Franklin one of the founding fathers of America wrote to George Whitfield who was a, an evangelist um, and he he said I rather suspect from certain circumstances 
that though the general government of the universe is well administered, our particular little affairs are perhaps below notice. So I think, maybe there's a God who's in charge of the stars and the things, but I don't think he's really bothered about us. That would be silly. Well, <laughs> crazy though it is, our particular little affairs are not below our heavenly father's notice. He, he cares. He wants us to come to him in prayer and, and to get to know him better. Like a child gets to know their father. And like we get to know our best friend over an almond latte at our favourite coffee shop. It is profoundly personal. God cares like a good father cares for and about his little children. And at the same time, this is our father in heaven. Jesus taught his disciples to pray and he said you should pray like this. Our father in heaven. So our father intimate in heaven. Uh, it's it, this little, little phrase just kind of summarises the intimacy and the power of prayer. And I'll come on to how prayer is profoundly powerful. But the thing that bridges the gap between the personal nature of prayer and the, the powerful nature of prayer is that prayer is, is also a deeply humble thing. One of the things with um, having children is that you learn about yourself as you observe them. And uh, at least two of my three children are not very good at asking for help and will often refuse it when it is offered, uh, which has historically and can make leaving the house or leaving anywhere take, take rather longer than may be necessary. But you kind of realize that actually, yeah, they're probably at least partly like that because I'm a bit like that, and unless it is something I, I don't want to do, in which case, yeah, you can help me if, if you want. Otherwise, I don't like asking for help. I'm not good at it. And one reason that God loves it when we come to him in prayer is because we are acknowledging that we need help. We're saying, we are weak, but you are strong, God. I need help, and I know you can help me. We come and we say to God that we need him. That's a, that's a deeply personal thing. Asking for help is, is quite an intimate thing. Like a, like a little child asking for help to put their coat on, if only. It's deeply personal it's, and it's deeply powerful because the Bible is clear, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. It's when we come to God and say, we need you to do something, that is when his power is most known. So why pray? I mean, obviously the number of answers. One is just because it's just a bit stupid not to. Why, why would you not, both individually and corporately, on your own, why pray? Why are we not in praying? Uh, and, and together as a church, if we're not praying, that's the silly thing. If you are not praying, then, then you are saying to God that you don't need him. You say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm all right. And it is the same for us as a church. Um, Terry Virgo wrote in uh, Spirit Filled Church, and coming this evening, excited to, to be together and uh, hear about the Spirit of God. He said, without prayer, local churches are telling God, it's okay, we can handle things, thank you. And that, that's the reality. Prayer, therefore, is a big deal for us at Grace Church. 
because we know that we need him. We, we know that we're not saying to God, no, we, we can handle this. We value prayer because we value God, ultimately. The humility of prayer is what bridges the gap between the relational nature and the powerful nature of prayer. And prayer is also profoundly powerful. It, it is the most powerful tool in the universe. It's not a stone, but, but that's prayer. Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 20 in, in the passage says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Through prayer, we can know God better and know incomparably great power, which sounds very much like a Marvel film, doesn't it? Incomparably great power. Um, George Herbert is a, was a Scottish minister and he wrote a, a poem called Prayer in which he referred to prayer as reversed thunder. And I've kind of, I've said this before in Grace Church, I think, but it's a, it's a helpful picture, picture of reversed, this idea of prayer as reverse thunder. And imagine if the thunder in this image is not coming down from the clouds, but there is a Christian praying at the bottom and thunder is going up, reverse thunder, prayer, is going up to heaven. It often does not feel like it in the moment, does it? Because I get that. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's pray. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Father, Father God, we come to pray. It doesn't feel like reversed thunder, but it is. Jesus said uh, in, in four, John 14, 13 to 14, he said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may glor be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's, that's, a, that's a power. It can actually be a little bit offensive to hear that. You, you might be thinking, what? You might be a bit offended because it may not feel like it's true. Well, I don't think that's true. Yeah, that can't be right. But hey, Jesus said it, so it is true. Pr prayer is not a powerful stone which we can use however we like, right? Now I've got these infinity stones and I'll use them for whatever end I like because we are praying to a personal God. So it's, it's not just an inanimate object, but communing with him is powerful and he will give you what you ask for. So we should pray full of expectation, but Jesus is clear in his qualification really, I will do whatever you ask in my name. That is prayers that are prayed not in our own right, our own name coming before God, I demand this, we just come by the blood of Jesus. Uh, and, and it's prayers that with the express intention, the clear goal, ultimately the one goal that God will be glorified. That, that, that's praying in Jesus' name. 
God has incomparably great power for us and he wants to give it to us. But he knows that there is a little bit of Thanos, a little bit of the Dark Lord, a little bit of the baddie, if you don't get any of these references, a little bit of the baddie in us. And it wouldn't do us any good to just give us prayer like an infinity stone, which we do what we like. No, he, he knows better than that. But he says, anything you ask for in my name, he will do. And in, our, I, in unanswered prayer, it's not easy, but we must not doubt God's care for us. I, I, I understand the people who, who have been praying, you may have been praying for years for something and just can't understand why God is not coming through. He, he has proven his love for you at the cross. What, I want you to understand, do not doubt the love of God. He loves you. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? How will he not give us all things? He's already demonstrated his love. He didn't spare his only son. God loves you. I'm not saying it's not complicated, but he loves you and he is for you. And prayer is powerful. And James 4 verse 2 is also helpful, I think, when we're thinking of the profound power of prayer, uh, where the writer says, "You, you do not, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You cover, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Sometimes we try and sort it out ourselves. We've not got this thing, so we're just quarreling, we're fighting, I'm trying to do this um, and, and get it myself. But it says, no, if you just ask God, he would give it to you. Again, I've talked before um, about some people who, who seem to be uh, willing, for some reason, to eat cold chips in in McDonald's, you get chips, you say, oh, these are cold, and uh, oh, oh, disappointing. And I, you know, I'm just someone who would always go and ask, and do you know in McDonald's, if, you, if you've got cold chips, you go and ask and say, oh, these chips are cold, they will give you hot ones. They will replace them with hot ones. So, so if they're cold, don't eat them. Ask for some fresh ones, and if you don't want to go and ask, then don't whinge about it. Don't say, oh, these are cold. You just, you, you, you don't have because you don't ask. It is like that in prayer. Sometimes we, we don't have because we've not asked. Try asking. Prayer is profoundly powerful. Give it a go. Whilst also being profoundly personal. So at Grace Church, we pray. It's a big deal to us. We will and we do intersperse prayer into everything that we do, really. It's, it's, there's never a moment where it's like, no, now's not the time for prayer. Prayer kind of interspersed to everything in Grace Church. We pray before and during and after anything. So tonight, again, as we come uh, and, and hear teaching on the Spirit and believe to be filled with the Spirit, we've been praying about that this week. Uh, and we are praying and we will be praying. And we will have prayer meetings. We'll have meetings. We're just, we're just going to come together and pray and, and worship 
And you should come to them, by the way. You should come to our prayer meetings for the reasons that I have laid out and many other reasons. Prayer is really powerful. Prayer is really personal. You'll get to know God better. We have great times of pursuing God and knowing him better and pursuing his purpose for us as his people. And that's a great thing to do, especially younger people. Get to prayer meetings. It's an error not to. It's a huge bad decision to not prioritise prayer. Pray corporately. We will as Grace Church pray on your own. We will pray. Prayer is a core value to us. And the, way, the main way that that is played out, we'll do meetings and things, the main way it's played out is that we want to be a people who are praying just through our lives. If you're a member of Grace Church, help us to be a church that values prayer by praying. Now, it, it might be helpful. I know that it can kind of, oh, yeah, there you go, just pray. There you go, there's your application. I wonder if it might be helpful to lay out some reasons why we don't pray. Think, what are the things that are, are holding us back. I think most Christians, certainly, I, I think most people would, would want to pray more. And uh, by, by laying out these reasons why we're not praying, it's not like, yeah, that's stupid. That's, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic. Actually, they're all relatable. They're all real. They're kind of things that I would have experienced. And it's not to have a rant. And the point is to sympathize, to help us to identify what we may need to do to address things in our own hearts and minds so that we realize and we can, can counter the thing that is stopping us praying. None of them are valid reasons uh, and I think we probably know that when we, as we see them. So I'm not gonna, I'm not myself in this, I'm not gonna kind of counter every one um, but we'll just kind of talk about them and then leave you to, to think about two things really as, we, as I kind of lay them up. First is, what's the main one for you? As we think through the reasons stopping, the reasons we're not praying, what's the main thing for you? Um, what are some things that maybe you've come to believe, mostly subconsciously, I think? Um, it is, I don't imagine most of us, it's like, I'm not praying because of that. And I, it was things that we've just, ah, oh, probably there's this in my mind which I'm thinking about. So that's the first thing to think about. And the second is, is how do you need to address that in your life? How do you want to address that? Firstly, uh, so reasons we're not praying, maybe we just don't know how to. Maybe it is a practical thing and just, I don't know where to start. Now, to be honest, I don't think this is the root cause for many people. Maybe any people. I don't think this is the root thing. I just don't know, so I don't do it. I think if we, if we want to, then we will figure it out. Read a book. How to Pray by Pete Gregg is a book. It's a good book. We can, kind of, we can start there. There's loads of books on prayer. Talk to someone. Talk to someone you know who, who maybe you think does pray a bit more. Read the New Testament. Do you know, read the Bible and then talk to God about it. Ask, ask him things about the, the Bible. Thank him for things. Worship him for the things. Uh, and, and I think we can learn. So that's one thing I said I wasn't going to give you counters I won't moving forward but I, I don't think that is the main thing for most people not that it's unhelpful to explore things other reasons we, we don't need to this might be a reason we're not praying because we just think I ah, don't need to actually we're consciously or subconsciously I'm all right with without God I'm strong enough on my own we're saying to God 
it's okay, we can handle things, thank you. Maybe that's the reason. Or similarly, God is not strong enough. We've begun to believe that, that he, he can't help you, maybe he doesn't want to. Are you consciously or subconsciously thinking that prayer is not effective? Do you just think, well, it's just not making a difference to either the circumstances or your own heart? Is that something that you're, that you're beginning to think? We, we don't want to know God better. That might be a reason. That can be behind us not praying. Pr prayer is profoundly personal and is, is the root problem that we're just not actually seeking after God in our lives for his own sake. We don't want more of him. We want more of what he can give, maybe, but maybe that. Too busy? You know, too busy, just, just coping with life. I know, yeah, I've got these infinity stones, but I'm too busy to use them. Too busy to use this incomparably great power to, to get on with my life. Maybe that's something in us. Too hard? It is hard work. Maybe it's not worth the effort. It's too awkward. This is a, this is a real one, and I think one I always would have in my own life. I just, I don't want to be real with God, to be honest. I'm, I'm processing this thing that's happened, and I know if I'm going to pray about it, I've got to get real with God and get real with myself. And uh, that's too awkward. I don't want to do that. Maybe another way it might be awkward is that you kind of, I can't pray in front of others. Um, then okay, but how are you going to learn to pray in front of others? Um, remember the two questions. What's the main one for you? And what are you going to do to con confront it, to address it? Too inconvenient. Again, I, you know, just got a busy schedule. Family life, I, I don't, don't have anywhere to do it. I don't have any space for it. It's not practical to fit it in. Again, these are all invalid reasons. What do we need to do about it? Maybe we have settled for just our lot. We've settled for cold chips, right? And it is what it is just kind of come to terms with things and yeah, sometimes that's appropriate but but not always it's always worth praying maybe we're too angry too angry at life too angry at god maybe forgotten or didn't know that, that god in his grace wants us to be real with him what is holding you back individually and corporately do, do, do you really think that that thing is valid? Think about it. Bank it in your mind now to think about it some more. Maybe pray about it. Prayer is profoundly powerful. It's the most powerful thing in the universe. And prayer is also profoundly personal. We get to commune with God. To communicate with, talk to God. The fact that we get to come to God in prayer tells us a lot about the grace of God and about the gospel. Because an important question is, is this, as sinners, as those who are not perfect, and I think most of us, Christian or not, would recognize, yeah, I'm not, I'm not on a level, play, level playing field with God. I'm not perfect. So as imperfect people, how and why can we come to God as a little child comes to a loving father and it's not because we deserve God's love and affection it's not because our sin doesn't matter it is because of Jesus why did Jesus die that's a good 
question. I think actually the Alpha Course, we're doing that question this week. Why did Jesus die? It, the, the answer is not ultimately so that we might be justified, that we might be forgiven our sins, that we would be redeemed, that we would be healed of our brokenness. These are all great things, but they're all a means to the end. What is the actual end? What is the ultimate reason? 1 Peter 3.18 gives us the answer that says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that's him for us. Why? To bring you to God. The ultimate reason that Jesus died was so that we could be with God. And the message of Christianity is that Jesus died so that we could be with God. When I say that Jesus died so that we could be with God, I'm, I'm not just referring to some future thing. I certainly am to, to glory and with him and all of our inheritance. But also it is for today. When we pray today, we are coming into the presence of Almighty God, the creator of the universe. And as imperfect people, we don't deserve for God to hear our prayers or to welcome us as a loving father welcomes his little child. We can only come to God in prayer because of the gospel. But the gospel we have. So how can we not come to God in prayer? How can we not? In, in gratitude for all that Jesus has done for us to bring us back to God. How can we not capitalize on the personal and powerful relationship that we now have with the Father? Let me pray to finish. Father God, I thank you so much for sending your Son. I thank you that you did not spare your one and only Son, but you gave him so that we could have our sin dealt with, we could be justified and forgiven our sin, we could be healed of our brokenness, all so that we could be with you. We could know intimate personal relationship with you. We can come to you and cry, Abba, Father. We can come and be real with you. Lord, I pray for us as a people that we would capitalize on all that you have done for us. We would capitalize with, on every opportunity to know you better, to come before you in prayer. Would we value the gospel in the way that we value prayer? Would we value all that you are in the way that we value spending time with you? Thank you, God, for all you are. We love you and we want to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.